Coming up on Podcast 1654, the 2024 Porsche Macan. Details are revealed. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, we'll have a look at how much a Neo costs here in Europe. Elon Musk shoots down a media report about Tesla. And EVs are coming to the Los Angeles Auto Show. Those stories and a lot more are coming up on the podcast today, so stick around. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 14th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and it's my job to go through every EV story every day and filter out the stuff you need to know. To save you time, we'll start with the official numbers coming out of Germany. Uh, some news I can pass on to you. The plug-in car sales in Germany increased 25% again in October. Those numbers just keep rising higher and higher. Last month in October, 67,800 new plug-in passenger cars registered in Germany. Oh, so close to 70,000. That's 25% more than a year ago. Market share... and that's up from 30% again a year ago. So almost a third is plug-in vehicles in Germany of new passenger car sales. And pure BEVs, uh, BEVs uh, were 36,000 or so, and PHEVs were 32,000 and change. So in Germany, uh, advantage pure electric cars. And so far this year, in case you're wondering for the total yearly figure, 555,000 new plug-in cars hitting the German roads. And of those 308,000, again, way more than half, pure BEV. Volkswagen's brand was the highest number of plug-in electric registrations in the month of October. Mercedes behind them because they have plenty of plug-in hybrids at Mercedes-Benz, then BMW, then Audi. That's the top four. Uh, And they were noticeably all ahead of Tesla, what with it being the first month of the quarter. And typically those cars haven't arrived from China yet, even though Giga Berlin has started producing. Now, talking about uh, prices in Germany, NEO on sale, and I've got some um, European pricing of the NEO vehicles. I've not really passed that on to you, actually, so you can make a, uh, a pretty educated guess on, on what it's going to cost. Now, we're pretty much at price parity between the euro and the dollar and the euro and the pound. Not quite, but um, I won't do the conversions for you. Um, but... If you get a Neo, you can get it with the battery rental, or you can buy the battery. Of course, if you rent the battery, that gives you access to the battery swapping stations. And if you don't, if you buy the battery, you can't use them. Uh, So the EL7. Now, the EL7 is a sedan, and that would be a mid-sized sedan. So I think Tesla Model 3 territory. Two battery sizes of all of these cars. You can either get 75 kilowatt hour or 100 kilowatt hour. So, for the EL7, the sedan, uh, you're either paying €88,000 if you get the battery or €76,000 without the battery and you rent it. Uh, And for the big battery, 100 kilowatt hours, uh, €97,000 or 76000 without the battery. As for the ET5, that is the small SUV. Um, so five-seater SUV. Uh, so, the, so the 75 kilowatt hour battery, it's either going to cost you 51,000 with rental or 64,000 if you buy it. And on the 100 kilowatt hour battery, 56,000 or 77,000 between rental and buying. And as for the big SUV, maybe the Model X competitor, uh, that's called the ET7. Uh, that is... Uh, for the small battery, either seventy-two or eighty-four thousand, and for the big battery, hundred kilowatt hour, that's either seventy-two or ninety-three thousand euros. So that's the most expensive one you can get is the hundred kilowatt hour. Buy the battery, ninety-three thousand nine hundred euros uh, to get that. 
all of those prices, are, they're not wildly cheap, are they? But they're about in line with what you would pay for a premium vehicle in those segments. So I'll pop a link to where I found that. I found it on Reddit, actually. Um, so I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. All right, moving on. Headline story then. And the Porsche Macan Electric, we knew it was coming, meant to be coming in 2023, but then it got pushed back to 2024. Um, For all the things that I read, it was about software. They Physically, they could mechanically build the vehicle, but they can't make it work the way they want to make it work because of Volkswagen Group's software issues. That, of course, is a separate company, separate division of Volkswagen called Cariad. And, you know, you read a lot and you hear a lot, and I'm, I'm not in Germany and so I'm thinking, well, from what people tell me, people in the automotive industry, um, is it being embellished? Everyone loves a story, don't they? And they're, oh, well, you know, the, the old boss there, Herbert Deese, lost his job because of how bad Cariad was. It was the straw that broke the camel's back and all that. And I've, I've tried to stay away from talking too much about it. But genuinely, the people who were at this Porsche event last week, who I know, um, said, yeah, I mean, the engineers they were talking to were, well, it's, it's a software issue. We haven't, we can't make the car work the way we want it to work. So by all accounts, that does seem to be true. Meant to be next year. Hopefully, that's not even a dead cert, by the way. Hopefully 2024. Wow. Um, it's going to be on a new platform called PPE, Premium Platform Electric. And what that enables them to do, rather than using the J1 platform, which was the Tycons, and even then people say, well, what was the point of building a Tycon platform and then not use it again? Well, that wasn't, that was also a bit of a, you know, Frankenstein's monster kind of evolution of another platform. So they didn't make it dir- only for the Tycon. Um, but Yes, what this new platform does is it allows them to make a bunch of cars, Porsches, Audis, etc., with more power, better handling, greater range, and, yeah, they will share that across Porsche and Audi. Battery size, they say, they're not going to have a variety of battery sizes. They think 100 kilowatt hours is the sweet spot between weight, size, range, charge speed, and also by the time those cars arrive on the market, it will have a new battery technology, and so uh, it will be over... 12 modules, 12 modules split. It won't have the little foot garages, as in the empty spaces that the Taycan had. I mean, the Macan is a taller vehicle. You can get away with it. And uh, they say that that's not the exact pack size, but it'll be pretty much 100 kilowatt hours, bigger than the Taycan's. 93.4 kilowatt hours, same 800 volt system, so charging really quickly. 25 minutes to go from 5 to 80, not 10% to 80%, but 5 to 80% in 25 minutes. Things like air suspension, dynamic ride height adjustment, all important range question isn't being unveiled yet because, hey, we're 18 months away from the vehicle arriving. But they say it will do more than the Taycan, which is about 250 miles on EPA. So I guess you're looking at around... I would think that with the Macan, given it's a vehicle that gets driven a lot, and if you maybe have a look at the used car listings wherever you are, whatever your used car website of choice is, have a look at some Macans. And some of those have racked up some serious mileage. I think Porsche Macan owners like to drive their vehicle. I think they use those as driving machines. And they do some serious mileage in many of them. And so it can't, surely, it can't have less than 300 miles. In two years' time, if it has less than 400 miles, then it won't be class leading. And so, yeah, and then you're talking four miles per kilowatt hour and it's some insane efficiency for what's going to be a very big, heavy luxury SUV loaded with all the toys you could possibly want. So it probably won't be 400 um, unless they've got some efficiency wizardry to unveil there at Porsche. 
but uh, the all-important range will be announced at some point. And while they were there, so actually one of my friends from, uh, he's got a YouTube channel called State of Charge. Uh, Tom Malogny is pretty much America's foremost uh, super brain on everything charging. Um, his YouTube channel, State of Charge, is just fabulous. And uh, he was he was there. He flew over from, uh, uh, from America to uh, Italy, I think, where they were doing this. And as part of all the presentations that he was telling me about, he said he also had the opportunity to go in as a passenger in a Porsche 718 GT4e performance. <laughs> he said he looked at how small it was and was like, that's all right, one of the other journalists can go in. You know, because a GT race car... There's not a lot of room in, a, in in one of those anyway, but this has got lithium-ion batteries stacked in, and he sort of he looked at it and was, nah, you're all right, uh, crack on. Um, but a couple of the other journos did go for a passenger ride, and it looked pretty brutal. Um, there's some YouTube footage out there taken from GoPros. Um, I think Car and Driver sent somebody as well. Ars Technica sent somebody, and... It is a Porsche um, 718 or 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport electrified uh, with all of the electric bits from Porsche's recent concept car. So what have they put inside this race car? Well, all-wheel drive, obviously, and uh, 450 kilowatts, that's 603 horsepower, 900-volt system in this, three separate battery pack locations, and uh, uh, one in the passenger footwell, one just behind... The, to the driver's seats. Either way, this is full blast, absolutely pedal to the metal for 30 minutes non-stop. And that's all thanks to effective thermal management that Porsche have been developing so the car can just do hot lap after hot lap after hot lap. Um, and the, the writer in Ars Technica says, and I quote, little prepares me for the first full throttle blast down the straight on qualifying power. Uh, all 1,088 horsepower of it. And there's a clip as well. What starts as a monotone whir from the electric motors as you go down the pit lane, it turns into a shrill shriek the minute the Porsche driver Simona de Silvestro uh, nails the go pedal. She was driving this for the journalists on their press trip. It's a follow up to the Mission R concept car, like I mentioned, and it's a test bed for Porsche's powertrain development and so uh, the uh, the writer in car and driver said that this Porsche is head snappingly violent with oodles of horsepower pinning you to the seat as we turn onto the main straight the e-performance shoots forward at a brain scrambling rate towards 150 miles an hour and the world turns into a blur uh, says this writer so uh, it sounds amazing uh, that Porsche are taking performance and racetrack performance very seriously and why if you're wondering am i going on about a car you can't buy and likely not even see racing because i have a sneaky suspicion that tesla at some point soon are going to update their roadster now okay it's been about 50 years since we last saw the tesla roadster but i don't know they've got a semi-event coming soon to hand over to the first commercial customers i think it's going to be one of those public events and why would why would tesla live stream the handover of a commercial vehicle you and I can't buy. It's a truck. Who cares? Like, it's great. I'm excited about the Tesla semi-truck, but um, to, to actually have a big event and to have all of the Tesla fanboys turn up and whoop and holler and cheer at Elon Musk, why would you do that? It's a truck. Unless there's going to be a famous and finally moment where the new Roadster comes out. Uh, maybe it's even going to enter production at some point. I just, I've got a sneaky feeling in my waters. So 
the fact that that's happening and Porsche are developing hardcore racetrack technology, I do get the feeling that there's going to be a bit of, be a bit of a battle at the top end um, or the quick end of stuff, which is great. It's fun to talk about. Uh, and I guess eventually some of that technology filters down to the cars that you and I buy right next. We'll talk about Tesla cancelling their solar roofs and Elon Musk shooting down a report in the media about Tesla. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Righty-ho. Let's talk about this uh, report from Reuters that said Tesla has got so much spare capacity of cars being made out of Giga Shanghai, which they can't sell to China or Europe. They're going to ship them over to America. Elon Musk on Friday denying that last week and tweeting a one-word reply to Reuters, simply the word false. Uh, the headline of the story was Tesla mulls exporting China EVs to United States. I'm not even sure that the China-made Model 3s, are they, could you even sell them in the US? Don't they have to pass? You have to check that they fit all the different standards and things. According to the report, Tesla's been studying whether the China parts they use in those are compliant with North American regulations. Uh, the company is reportedly deciding whether to ship that spare capacity of what cannot be sold, made in China, got 1.1 million capacity, 1.1 million threes and Ys a year to other parts of the world not currently served. Musk says no. Uh, eager customers of Tesla's solar roof program are no longer getting their solar panels. According to Futurism.com website, the cancellations from Tesla underscore the degree to which the program has never taken off by Electrex estimates. Tesla installed its solar roofs on 300 houses during the second quarter of this year, an underwhelming figure, given that the CEO Elon Musk claimed their energy division will be as large as their automotive one day. Upon further review of your project, they say, our team has determined that your home is in an area we no longer service. That's the email arriving to you. Well, Tesla's been laying off employees in solar, in planning, in designing. How many, we don't know. But in a way, it kind of makes sense. I know that uh, the the hardcore Tesla shareholders don't like me saying this, but I wouldn't even have the S and the X on the market. If you were being absolutely brutal at Tesla, just make threes and Ys. And also, what are you doing buying Solar City? The, the, that's a mess um, because every roof is different. Uh, you can churn out a million cars from China quite happily year after year after year. And the same goes for batteries. You can have large-scale battery production. And goodness knows, Tesla are so good at their engineering. When they get those 4680s right, and they're not there yet, but when they do, they're going to be able to just churn out a bazillion of those. That, to me, is what Tesla is good for. Turning up at your house with a bunch of engineers looking at the pitch and slope and material and construction of your roof and going, OK, well, we'll work out where we can put some panels or solar tiles and uh, we'll come back to you and then sending you. I mean, that doesn't seem very Tesla to me. Making tons of batteries and cars, that seems very Tesla. The whole solar thing has very much bemused me. It doesn't mean they're shutting down their energy business at all. But I, I, you know what? I, if I were Tesla, I would bin off the solar stuff completely. I don't think they can overtly do that because they Solar City was Elon Musk's brother and the company was acquired by Tesla. Of course, the shareholders will be like, hang on a minute. So they have to be seen to be making a go of it, I presume. I don't know how that all works, the ins and outs, you know. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing to worry about there, I'm sure. Tesla reportedly 
also uh, said that uh, no new orders are being taken, but I can't confirm that. Right. Let's also... Uh, but also, that makes me wonder, because you can't buy a Powerwall on its own anymore, can you? Last time I heard, you couldn't buy a Tesla Powerwall without also buying solar. So you must be able to make a solar order just in some parts of the country. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to get a Powerwall. Oh, I don't know. I know that people in the UK can get power walls without solar. You can buy them independently here and in Europe, I believe. Anyway, the Los Angeles Auto Show is going to have 30-plus displays from the big automotive brands, including Lucid, Polestar, and more. Loads of EVs on display from later this week, with test tracks to let showgoers ride in new electric vehicles and go off-road as well. The Porsche Monster Jam will feature a Porsche Taycan. Uh, the Turbo S Cross Turismo, ooh, lovely, uh, doing battle with a monster truck. French law is next in the news, and they're going to require solar panels in park car parks. The French Senate has approved a bill that will increase that markedly, writes Autoblog, requiring all car parks with a minimum of 80 spaces to be covered by solar panels. Parking uh, car parks with between 80 and 400 spaces have more time, though, five years to be in compliance. Larger car parks have uh, less time, three years from the date, uh, because they want all car parks covered in solar panels. The government says the plan aimed at parking uh, lots off freeways and major routes generates 11 gigawatts uh, a year, that's 10 nuclear reactors worth by just investing massively in solar. On top of the solar car parks, the government is looking at building solar farms on vacant land next to highways, railroad tracks and agricultural areas. The National Railway Operator has already said they're going to install over a million square metres of solar panels in an effort to reduce energy purchases by a quarter. Wow, France absolutely nailing it and going big on solar. Brilliant. Well done, France. Others should follow your lead. And that's, look, that's the Northern Hemisphere. That is a not a particularly sunny country. The south of France is beautiful, of course. But Paris, yeah, not exactly known for its year-round sunshine, my friend. So, uh, look, what are we in now? Uh, middle of November, halfway through November, and on a sunny day, this is the first time I've had PV generating loads. And, and I'm in England, where it's cloudy, 380 days of the year. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about this story that was I found in CBS News, and that is a new study which says the shift to electric cars is happening far too slowly to avoid climate catastrophe. Major car makers and governments are vowing the future is electric, and transportation makes up a quarter of carbon pollution around the world. But scientists say that the phase-out of combustion and the introduction of electric is not happening quick enough. The shift to electric power can stave off the climate catastrophe if it happens quick enough, says Greenpeace. The researchers calculated how many new gas guzzlers we can afford to put on the roads, assuming the global temperature rises stay at 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Keeping global heating uh, below that level is essential to avoid a catastrophic uh, effect including runaway ice melting and sea levels rise, that once it starts will not be able to be reversed how much, uh, however much uh, we would like that. Now, a couple more stories. Uh, two-way charging 
is a Chinese EV driver's favourite life hack. I found this in a Bloomberg article, and I love this. Uh, This Bloomberg article uh, tells the story of a construction worker in northern China called Lu Zhanhong, and he runs a building site. And every morning, he gets his workers together, and they have have a hot drink, a hot tea, because he now has an EV that you can power things from. He says he has a BYD, and he takes a kettle now, and makes everyone tea when the whistle blows. He says, and I quote, with the help of our electric car, we drink tea whenever and wherever we want. My workers are over the moon. In the old days, he was taking thermos flasks of hot water to the building site to try and warm up the builders. But now he bought an EV. He says it comes to the rescue. In the past, he's needed to use a power drill at a new built home, and there was no utility connection yet. And so he said, if it wasn't for my car, we'd have wasted all of our time. BYD, the Tang... Geely's Zika, uh, the Leoto cars, they all come with onboard outlets. The Chinese cars, just like the Western cars, are coming with vehicle to load, and it's getting loads of attention. I mean, you, you and I know this stuff, but I thought I'd interest, you'd be interested to hear that, that article. Right, two more stories. And electric vehicles are entering the mainstream in the US, writes the New York Times. Really interesting article, this. They say the first wave of people who bought EVs were affluent environmentalists. Well, don't about that. Uh, the second wave will be people like the guy they feature in the story. His name is Russell, a librarian in Virginia, and he bought a leaf, spending $20,000 after government incentives, and he bought it to save money on his gas bills. He is married, has a five-year-old daughter, and he saves $1,200 a year by driving his Nissan Leaf, and he is profiled in this New York Times article. Buyers of battery-powered cars are concerned about climate change, but lower costs a powerful attraction. According to the 3,000 people who joined in with the New York Times website when they put out a request for stories about electric cars, if you've bought one. Now, 3,000 people replied to the New York Times, electric car buyers using words like love and awesome to describe their vehicles. Many said they'd never go back to petrol. In the long run, wider use of EVs will require more affordable models. The Leaf and the Bolt are among the lower cost ones, with several more on the way, like the Chevy Equinox, starting at $30,000. And it's time for the, what is becoming, don't laugh at me, a daily story about BYD. I'll stop it. No more No more after today. I'm, I'm so convinced that they're coming to eat so many people's lunches. Uh, BYD is taking not only a commanding lead in the sales charts, but also in the patent charts. Chinese EV maker BYD has an overwhelming lead when it comes to patent filings. And that's according to Nikkei Asia at Nikkei.com. And with the assistance of an analytics firm called Intellectual Property Landscape, they looked at the EV patent applications for the four largest sellers of EVs. The number one, BYD, coming out twice as many as their nearest competitor, and which was Geely. When it comes to patent applications, BYD outpaces everybody else by a long margin. They filed 171 of them in Europe alone. That's 11% of the company's EV patent applications in Europe, and well ahead of others. They filed 140 in the US. In China, BYD surpassed Tesla in the sales charts in the first half of this year. Last month, they announced it will sell new passenger EV models in European markets, a milestone which marks their transition out of China and into the rest of the world. All right, I'll stop now. I've gone on far too long today. That's your podcast. Thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters. I gave everyone a mention yesterday, uh, exec producer and above 
level if you miss Sunday's show. And thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard runs rsev.co.uk, uh, buys and sells EV and the EVs in the UK, should be your first port of call. And, and when you come to charge a car, you should be using Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging, made simple with one app and one map. Book your short stays at milbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. And thanks to Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.